Mike Dempsey here for Underdog Fantasy, inviting you to try their Pick'em game. Pick between two to five players and just select whether to go higher or lower on a given stat. Go to underdogfantasy.com or the Underdog Fantasy app. Sign up with promo code 1010XL. That's Underdog Fantasy. Use code 1010XL. Game day is underway. This is the famous automotive tire and quick lube kickoff show. Presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Gatorade Fast Twitch. Here are your hosts, Hayes Carlisle and Tom McManus. I mean, yeah, she's right. All we really want is just a W. Can we get that, Jacksonville? Can we go down to Tampa, get away from it all here in Jacksonville, and just go get a win? That's all we really want. Is that too much to ask? Now, let's go. Merry Christmas, everybody. Take it away, girl. (laughs) Well done, Casey Dobson. Well done, indeed, Casey Dobson. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas Eve to Duval out there. Tom McManus, Merry Christmas to you. Same, brother. I mean, here we go. Who would have thought that this game would be this gigantic (laughs) three weeks ago? But here we are, eight and six, Jacksonville going to seven and seven, Tampa Bay. Yep. Loser basically falls out, uh, potentially, potentially, depending on what the other uh, yep. the other games uh, you know that, that occur today. The Jaguars obviously at four, uh, the Colts are at one, so that's going to be a big game to watch. Yep. Uh, the Colts go to Atlanta today. Atlanta, who just lost to Carolina, but does have some some you know intriguing offensive weapons. So that's a one o'clock game. Houston hosting Cleveland is a one o'clock game. So the Jaguars will certainly know what they need to do today. But forgetting all that, Tom, it's time. If this, if it's time to find an intensity yep. and a focus that this team simply has not shown. Yeah. Good morning to you, Hayes, and Merry Christmas to everybody out there. There's no. It doesn't seem like a big sense of urgency, you know. And it's always like. I don't know. Look, I'm, I'm, I, th- this week's been a little rough for if, as far as like figuring out how I think they're going to do. I eventually got to my conclusion, but I was like, I mean, last week I watched it again on Monday morning and it just, it was bad football. And I don't care who your quarterback is. I don't even care who you're playing. When you, when you play as bad as you did, uh, giving up points, I mean, giving minimum, minimum conservative. I'm not granted the wind and everything, but hey, you know, the, the Cosmic Manus is, Supposed to make every kick, isn't he? I know that's unrealistic, but, you know, three out of four or whatever. But, you know, maybe you leave nine points on the board before half. You know, now it's 10 to nine. You got momentum. You're you're doing well. It wasn't like – I will say this. Granted, they ran all over you. Part of that's Lamar. Part of that's just the system. And part of that, they kicked your butt up front. There's no doubt about that. Um, but it didn't feel like physically – like San Fran came in here and totally whooped our tail. I mean, it was like – they they made them look like they were college, you know, kids going against mm-hmm. pros. Uh, I don't. I didn't feel that way against Baltimore. But the mistakes, uh, the crucial mistakes, the turnovers, the out of positions, it's just not good football. Not good football decisions. Not good football play calling at times. I mean, do we need to see five bubble screens in one half? You know what I mean? Oh, it's yeah. an extension of a run game. Great. I don't know. Figure something else that works. You know, because none of it worked. Agnew almost got it, but he tripped. Mm-hmm. Okay. If he gets it, maybe I don't say those things. But that's the thing with that play. It's a high risk, you know, great reward. But the risk, I mean, one out of five is not that impressive. So, 
I don't know. You know, I don't like the messaging right right now. You know, Doug says we dominated the line of scrimmage. I'm like, where do you see that? Granted, yeah. they did get pressure on Lamar. They didn't always get him down. Right. But he did have to, you know, maneuver in so smooth. He's like getting out of dodge and making things happen. I get that. Um, but, man, against the run, you didn't dominate anything. So what are you saying? Does the team feel that way? You know, and you and I are – we're more old school, like, you know, no, you didn't dominate. You know, you were saying, you know, with the, the, the throw before the half, you know, yeah. it's in bounds. It can't be in bounds. Throw it either in the end zone or make sure the player is going to go out of bounds or have a chance to go out of bounds. He never had a chance. Granted, the safety or whoever made that play, he he, he jumped it right away. I mean, he saw it coming, and it was, it was over, but. Anyways, a lot of question marks with this team. Yeah, a lot of question marks. There was a myriad of issues uh, wrong on that on that sequence. Yep. It, 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 one, you clocked the ball, which I was disappointed Doug defended not clocking it in his postgame. You clocked the ball there, and you know you've got two, maybe even three snaps. Okay, so you don't clock the ball. Fine. I, I would have clocked it, but you don't. Okay. Uh, you then get up there. You've got four receivers, two of whom are just running quick outs that don't get you into the end zone. Like it, the it's Trevor Lawrence's fault for making the throw because you you have to have more presence of mind there. Yep. But I also didn't like the design of the. Why even give him the the temptation of that? Just send you know your two guys on the outside deep for possible fades or you know whatever, yep. and then your two inside guys just have them go to the end zone, turn around, yeah, and that's it. Then every route is at least into the end zone, yep. and, and Trevor can't make that play, and then Doug gets up there and says, well, this is a, this will be a great learning experience for right. us. Or it worked last year with Jones yeah. Jr. Marvin. Right, because they right. threw it right. deep. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's like we're 82% through this season. No, I know. I mean, you kind of are who you are now, and that's my concern. Agreed. Uh, you know, and, and in looking at it, yeah, 24 giveaways. The, that's the fourth worst in the NFL. Yep. Six missed field goals, to your point, and then the clock expires uh, in the Ravens game. Uh, they should have been up 16-10 to 10 at half they against very, Baltimore. They could have, for sure. And look, it, it, and, and I'm with you. I would have clocked it easier said than done, but throw it into the end zone. And where's the slant? I mean, if the guy, if, if Parker's going out, Ridley on a slant, that safety was gone. Like, yeah. you guys are money on that throw. I think, I think Trev might have panicked a little bit. You know, because he wanted to get it out, you know, get the throw into the the, the, the hands of Parker. I, I would have gone a different route. But because if you do go there and it's incomplete, now you still got another, at least one more down, you know? I mean, then, then the field goal. At least you should have gotten three out of that one without, without a doubt. So, look, I like what you said. You are what you are because I've been saying that all week long because, look, you look at them like, like third down. Their offense on third down has been awful. I mean, maybe a game or two where it's been like plus forty. The rest is like th- they're like thirty six percent. Been a problem since week one. Why though? Like you're sitting there going, man, how are we? How is a Doug Peterson team offense not good on third down right now? On defense, we're great on third down, which is great. But mm-hmm. what else is happening on defense? That yards per carry against keeps rising. We keep getting run on a little bit. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it, it used to be 3.6. It's 4.2 right now, Hayes. Mm-hmm. That's a big jump. It's a huge jump. And today the challenge, I think, becomes pretty massive. Uh, I, I I don't know how they're going to draw it up to to block Tampa Bay. Uh, not with the way that, you know, Fortner and Sheriff are playing. And, uh, you know, Ezra Cleveland is still sort of, I think, 
finding his groove here after being yep. traded, you know, in, in, in the middle of the year. I, you know, it's just, you know, they've, they've got some unbelievable beef up front on that defensive line. Oh. Uh, Vea is unbelievable. I mean, they're not going to move him all I'm day. I'm putting him right on the Fortner. Yeah. Like, good I mean, luck. Like, I don't know how you're going to block him, but you better figure yeah. it out. Fortner's had a lot of rough days. Today may be the worst. It could because, be if they don't help him especially. Because Vea may be the best in terms of just Mahler yeah. that he's gone against. He's got like five year. sacks oh, he's, five and a half sacks. He's a I mean, great he's an athlete. Active, and, active dude. And incredibly powerful, yeah. So, which is Fortner's biggest weakness. You so. know, I think on the old line, and, and, and there is a – look, this, the, 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 the light at the end of the tunnel is you can turn it around, and you can yeah. get some momentum going into the playoffs. And I think the biggest disappointment for me is, like, I'm expecting not just to get into the playoffs. So you go back to the beginning year, even when we're on our win streak, I'm like, oh, all right, we're, this team's playing really good football. Wait till we get – we're going to be dangerous. I even use the word dangerous. If, if our offense finally gets it together, we're going to be dangerous. And then we sit here today and we, we are what we are. Can you get it back? I mean, look, the, the teams out of the top five that we played, the big five I call them, we went one and four. Mm-hmm. The San Frans, the, the Casey's, right. those are the teams you, you meet in the playoffs. I mean, that's if you're going to do something in the playoffs, those are the teams you have to beat. So you didn't pass those tests. Okay, fine. But now you have to figure it out, and you got to figure it out quick because Tampa's just in the same position. They need a victory just as bad as you do, and they're on a three-game win streak. You're on a three-game lose streak. So you got to figure some stuff out. But number two, I, I think they miss Cam on the O-line. Yeah. That that nasty. There's no nasty. There's at no all. nasty. It's like they just want to get in the way of people. Right. There's no finish. There's no violence. Anton's got some of it. I got to yeah. give the young kid credit. He he, he tries. You know, he's getting. He, I think the, he's their best one. He he probably is if you had to had to measure them all for sure. But I man, they they do miss that fire. You know, they miss that that intensity. I mean, their run game. They their run game sucks. Yeah. ETN's a fab. He's got so much potential to be yeah. a great running back, and he is a good running back. But they're averaging like three point seven a carry. That's the thing. It's he's, terrible. He's eighth in the NFL in rushing yards at eight hundred and thirty-seven, and and that's great. Wow. But his average, to your point, is three point seven. There are five backs that have yeah. run for more yards than ETN that are at least one yard better yeah. per carry. Wow. Wow. One yard better per carry. Yep. So it just speaks to he's gotten a lot of volume, but they're not opening <sighs> up anything for him. And to your point, it's gotten worse as it's gone along. Now, obviously, we got some great news Friday. Trevor Lawrence practiced yep. in limited fashion. Yep. Uh, yep. You know, apparently he's cleared protocol. It, obviously, it's unpredictable. We saw you know the Colts receiver, Michael Pittman, look like he'd cleared it right. and then had like a relapse, which yep. is very unusual. And so he's out today for the Colts, uh, so hopefully nothing like that happens with Trevor. Mm-hmm. But, A, obviously it's gigantic if Trevor's active. I mean, that goes without yeah, saying. of course. What is, though, the challenge of not having your starting quarterback basically practice all week? Obviously, you're going to play Trevor Lawrence over right. C.J. Beathard, but what is Doug Peterson and Press Taylor having to do, if anything, extra to make sure Trevor's as sharp as he can be. Well, are we having uh, Zay today? No, no, no Zay, we're not. So think. no Zay, no Kirk. So that yeah. means more Parker, and that may mean Tim Jones or yeah. Elijah Cooks or somebody yeah, like Agnew. that. So Agnew, what well, great way to use Agnew. Like that was kind of you weren't expecting that route. Yeah. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. was a great play. Yeah, and a, and he had a great game returning the game as well. So I'm glad he's back. But 
I'm glad they didn't line him up, you know, next to the tackle and do the same right. <laughs> and around. Yeah. They did something different, and it worked. It worked great. But oh, these other guys are going to have to step up. So just getting that kind of chemistry. You know, you, you watch even even uh, uh, last game, um, you know, Cooks is out there a little bit, but Trevor never even looks at him. He looks at him the one time, and he doesn't make the catch. Like, he needs confidence to go back to that kid. Look, even with the, the concussion, even before Tre- – Trevor was still off. It's amazing yeah. how he can make the incredible throws. The throw to Zay before half on the five. Oh, yeah. Perfect placement, mm-hmm. perfect throw, perfect timing. Zay made a great catch, but just a great, great throw. And then there's throws where you're like, man, where, where are you going? What are right. you doing? You're not setting your feet. Are you rattled? I mean, look, in the kids, the, the young man's defense. He's been getting killed all year. It hasn't been just recently. And it wasn't just the knee. It wasn't just the ankle. And it wasn't just the sacks. It's the shots that he's been... He's been drilled all year. If they did the quarterback thing on him, yeah. he'd be like Cousins. <laughs> right. I'm yeah. not kidding. That's yeah. what he would be going yeah. through. You'd be watching what he goes through week in and week out. Is it getting to him? Look, at the end of the day, today's a new day. And you better bring your A game today. You better find some sense of urgency to finish this thing strong. Because even if you win somehow the division and limp in, the confidence, it's just going to be tough to really turn that around that quick. You need some momentum going in. It could start today. Yeah, I want to get one more thought from you as we set the scene here before we welcome in uh, Frank Frangie in our next segment. So we've talked about Cleveland, Cincinnati, they lose their their quarterbacks, and there's other examples of this, but that's the teams the Jaguars have, have lost to recently. They elevated their intensity. They they were willing to turn games into street fights and say, "Look, we get it. We don't have our our star. You know, we're a little hobbled, but we're just gonna knock you out." Can this team rise to that? Well, I tell you what. The only way they're gonna rise to it is if the interior three on D line and offensive line come and play like it's a street fight because they they haven't been. You know, I was looking at now stats don't tell the whole story. But, you know, Foley's got zero sacks. Gotts, is, I think, just got his first one. You know, Roy Robinson-Harris is like one and a half. The rest are coming from Trayvon's really developing. I like that little dip he put out there, right? Mm-hmm. And Josh is still being a menace in the opposing backfields. But where's that? And and you talk about, like, you know, the the uh, identity of a team that, that for – like, yeah, you know what? So what are quarterbacks out? We still – have to come violently at you and embarrass you and move you and make it work for us, right? On both sides of the line. Where's that on our team? We don't, we don't, I haven't seen that yet. And somebody needs to step up and be like, hey, man, we got to be more violent. We got to finish blocks. We got to let people know that because if you don't have that solid foundation, it affects your backers, it affects your run game, it affects the safeties, although the safeties are playing great, especially Rayshon. But those, that foundation, Hayes, has got – where are the – everyone wants to be on me or I'm him or I'm a dog. Well, where the, where are the dogs? Yeah, where Where it. are they? Where are yeah. the vicious animals right. that you can count on that are going to disrupt – hey, they may not get sacks, but they ain't getting knocked off the ball and they're moving guys off the ball if they're on offense. Yeah. Santa, where are they? Santa Claus, bring us some vicious animals today. That would that's, be nice. That's what we yeah, need. On the field, that's you can be as vicious see. as you want. Yeah, absolutely. My Love opinion. it. All right, uh, we are going to be right back. We're going to be joined by Voice of the Jaguars, Frank Frangie, you were listening to the kickoff show on 1010XL 92.5 FM. 
the famous automotive tire and quick lube kickoff show presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Gatorade Fast Twitch on 1010XL. Love this one. Good stop, Seeger. Great stuff. Great. I love this. Absolutely. Jamming it all. I know. It's fantastic. Let's bring in the voice of the Jaguars, Frank Frangie, who loves uh, Christmas music as well. We were playing some Thursday and Friday on the Frangie Show. Frank, how you doing? Merry Christmas Let's Eve. Let's bring up another guest on the All-Pro Roofing phone line. Uh, hey, Merry Christmas, Hayes, to you and Tom, and thanks for having me on. Good morning. And Yeah, I'm just sitting back listening to the tunes. I'm all good. I'm ready. So uh, I like you guys. I love it. I love Christmas time. Uh, I love this time of year, and, uh, and certainly a big day for the Jags today. No question about it. Yeah, absolutely. Let's. I mean, just from a macro standpoint, this game has really become massive in the last few weeks. I, how, what's your gut feeling today on what's going to decide this thing, Frank? Well, certainly, Hayes, to your point about how big it is, I think it's the biggest game the Jags will play all year. I think it's uh, one of the biggest games since Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence have been here. I know they got here a year apart. I think it's gigantic. I think if the Jags win today, I think they're going to beat the Panthers next week. So if the Jags can win today, I think they're going to get to 10-6 and six with one to play, and I think that'll just about clinch the division. So I think this game is absolutely gigantic. If they lose today, I think the Colts are going to beat the Falcons. So all of a sudden, you're going to look up and be in second place, which would feel so devastating after everything went so well earlier in the year. So I think it's a gigantic game. I like the fact that the Jags have Trevor Lawrence, obviously. I worry about the receiving core. Uh, Hayes, I think we're looking at a fourth-quarter game, but I like the way the Jags line up here. I think they're an angry team. The Bucks are a confident team. They've won three in a row. It's going to be an awful lot of fun. I think one of the best games of the day in the NFL. Hey, Frank, great to hear your voice, man. And Merry Christmas uh, to you. You know, certain things that with this team at this point of the season concern me, right? You're not good at running the football. You're not, you're, you're getting each week. It seems like people are running the ball on you. The yards per carry is showing that. And on third down, you're not good on offense at all. But how are they going to overcome these kind of things when they're trying to make a run you know, to get some momentum and get into those playoffs. Well, Tom, great points all in. Good morning and Merry Christmas to you as well. Let me break down the three things you said. Uh, I'm going to go offensive line. I'm going to go running game last. Stopping the run, I think that's going to get better. I, I think Foley Fadakasi played a little bit better last week. He's been hurt. Uh, Devon Hamilton's not played great yet, but he's played a little bit better. Uh, they've been a good team against the run in the early part of the year. That has struggled of late, mm-hmm. but I think that will. I think that'll get better. They're still they're still 12th in the league against the run, so I think we'll be okay there. Uh, third down, I think Tom is a product of too many third and nine, third and eleven, third and eight. I think that's why the, the third downs have been the problem, and it all goes back to the first thing you asked about running the football. Tom, I don't think they're blocking anybody, bro. I think more than anything else, the offensive line is not blocked well the interior of that line. I think Luke Fortner's had a tough year. I think Brandon Sheriff's not the, the player he once was. Uh, Ezra Cleveland has been in and out of the lineup, walk a little in and out of the lineup. They've got to find a left guard. So I think guard, center, guard, they've struggled. And I think that's, that's affected the team in so many ways. That's the biggest concern. For me, Tom, that's the biggest concern on the football team is can they block, can they run block in the interior of that offensive line hold up? And look, they're going against Vita Vea today. He's one of the best nose guards in the league. He's 350 pounds. He's a big physical guy. So I think that's one of the matchups that concerns me the most. It's one of the biggest parts of the game. I think they throw the ball early. 
I, I think they're going to throw to set up the run. I think you're going to see him a little more vertical today, and we'll see what happens. Frank, do you think that Doug Peterson will tinker at all at center? Do you think that he's considering moving away from Fortner to Tyler Shatley, or they're just going to stick with Fortner and let the chips fall where they may? I don't think there's going to be a change. I think they're totally different players. The question's a fair one, and I think Doug's been asked it. Uh, Tyler Shatley's a physical guy, probably better in the straight-ahead run game, but he's not very athletic. So it limits how many screen passes you can call. It limits how many uh, those some of those horizontal plays. Hey, you know they love to run the wide receiver screens where they throw the ball to the boundary. I, I don't know that they can do that with Tyler because he doesn't run as well. Luke Fortner is way more athletic and can get out in space. Now, the problem is Luke hasn't done a very good job at the point of impact. It's straight ahead blocking on ISO plays or or, or third and short. But I think they're staying with Luke Fortner. Hayes, I don't get the and I don't know this. Uh, he hasn't spoken to that but I don't get the sense that they're going to make a change there. The way they play, I think they feel like Fortner's athleticism is more important than, than Shatley's short area playing a phone booth toughness. And so I don't, I don't get the sense. That's my opinion. I could be wrong, but I don't get the sense of a change coming there. Frank, no Zay Jones, no Kirk, of course. That means more uh, Parker Washington, Tim Jones, Elijah Cooks. Will, uh, will we see more attempts yeah. or targets go to them with, uh, with Trev? What do you think? Maybe, maybe Parker Washington, Tom. Those are the starters. Ridley Jones and Ridley, Tim Jones and Parker Washington will start the game today. Mm. There's no say that's how you go about the game. Yep. But I think it's Ridley and Evan Ingram's game, Tom. I, I think this offense goes through Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram. We've yep. all known that. That's yep. how they get it going. Christian's not there. Evan Ingram's having a big year. Already 88 catches on the year. Look, Tom Calvin Ridley's got to show up. I mean, this, Calvin Ridley can't drop a pass. Calvin really can't not look for the ball when it's coming to him. This has got to be for them to play well today. Calvin Ridley's got to have seven, eight, nine catches, man. And so does Ingram. I think Parker Washington will get some play. I don't see a lot of balls to Tim Jones or Elijah Cooks. Tom, I just don't think they're ready for that at this, at this point in the game, this point of the season, I should say. So, but you're right. That's a concern. No Zay Jones, no Christian Kirk. What do they do? A lot of Ridley and a lot of Evan Ingram. I'll bet you Evan Ingram. And, and Calvin Ridley both get double-digit targets today. I'd be very surprised if they don't. Yeah, absolutely. It's almost a must. I, I, I would yeah. agree. In, in terms of Mike Evans, we know he'll be targeted a lot. How do you think the Jaguars will try to take Mike Evans away from Baker Mayfield? You know what's interesting about this game? They play the same defense, right? They, the, Mike Caldwell is playing. They, Todd Bowles is his biggest influence in sports. He will tell you that. He's the guy that has directed his career. Uh, Mike was under Todd all those years. They are very close, and it's that same defense where you keep your eyes on the quarterback so they know each other. Mike, Mike Evans practices against this defense all through camp, Hayes, because that's because they run the same defense. I Even with Tyson Campbell back, I don't think he chased. I don't, I don't, I don't think he's going to travel with it. That's not how they play. Uh, he, he's back, but he may not be completely healthy. Chris Godwin just had a 10-catch, 155-yard game, so he's pretty good, too. Uh, I, I think they play standard defense. I think you see a lot of zone. I think you see a lot of uh, deeper zone eyes on the quarterback. I, I think the one thing you don't want is Baker Mayfield to throw it over the top. Look, as good as Mayfield was, he had a perfect passer rating last week. He threw for 381 yards and four touchdowns. But he holds the ball. He's also sacked five times. I think uh, don't let anybody run by you. Make him hold the ball a little bit longer is my guess and, and hope you can get a strip sack or two on Baker Mayfield. But I don't think one got to your question, Hayes. 
I don't think one guy tries to lock down Mike Evans. He, I, he might be a Hall of Fame receiver, man. He's a really good player, and I don't think you try to do that if he's a Jag. Frank, I thought you heard uh, the Jags, or I thought I heard you say the Jags are an angry team. I, I don't, I haven't seen that. We were just talking about, yeah. like, where's that nasty offense? I think they miss Cam's na- nastiness on the yeah. offensive line. Where's the D-line nastiness? Like, the identity of this team, where's the foundation of that that just, you know, you're getting after it every single play. I, I, I haven't seen that consistently enough. What do you think? No, I think you're dead. No, I think you're dead on, Tom. And, and I say angry. I probably should have phrased it differently. This is a team that should feel like they're backed against the wall because they've lost yeah. three times. Fair. Now. And, people Fair. Are, and people are doubting them. And when you're doubted, yep. that's it. this team has been good when it's been doubted. We saw that last year. But to your specific point, that pissy guy that just won't let you lose, who's going to storm through the locker room and say enough's enough, and I don't know that they have that. I don't know that this team has that. Cam Robinson is that guy. There's no question about that. I don't know that they have, and I don't pretend to know the personnel as well as others do, so I don't want to misrepresent it, but I don't know if they have that guy. What I do know is it's a good culture, and it's a team that has responded when their back's been against the wall. Doug Peterson has built that with these guys. Last year, when all was lost and they were 3-7, and seven, they played with a different mentality, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping that's what you see here. And I, and, I want to, and I want to say this in fairness to those guys. Cincinnati, Cleveland, and Baltimore were three teams playing a really good level. I don't think Tampa Bay is as good as any of those three teams. Um, the first two games, not last week against the Ravens, the first two games, they were in the game until the end. Cleveland beat them on a 54-yard field goal in overtime. Cincinnati, that game went back and forth. Or maybe I'm getting them back. You get the point. They've gone back and forth on these games. They were in those two games. Baltimore, not so much. The Jags are going to be in this game. I think they're going to play with a toughness here. Your point's a good one. That, that, that fiery, pissy, we're not taking this anymore guy. I'm not sure if they got that guy or who that guy is, but I think as a team, they've responded well when their back's against the wall. And it couldn't be, Tom, it couldn't be against the wall any more than it is right now, man. This right. is it. No. You lose today, you're in second place. Well, you got to win this game, and I think they know that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one thing that I like is Baker Mayfield is is having a nice year, 24 touchdowns, eight interceptions. But the storyline this week has been that He's going to get a contract extension, and Tampa right, Bay wants right. him back next year. And so we've seen in Mayfield's career that, like, there, there's an inconsistency there. Like, as soon as it looks like it's going well, he doesn't play his best. So, Frank, maybe I'm reaching here, but my hope is with Baker Mayfield yeah. being asked all about his contract and coming back <laughs> next year and potentially being right, franchise right. tagged, that uh, Mayfield struggles. Maybe, and maybe he's just due not to play well one game. You know, he's he's had a pretty good little run here. Um, so so may, maybe the psychology gets in play. That could happen. The other thing about that is, I he he is a sackable quarterback. The the word is out that he holds the ball. He's looking for the perfect route. He's looking for the he's looking for the perfect moment. He gives his receivers one extra moment to get open rather than getting the ball out. Every every quarterback's got their weak area, and as good as he's been of late, that's his thing. He gets sacked a lot. He's not super athletic. He holds the ball. He's pretty tough. Tough court. It's great to be a tough quarterback, but Tom, you know this. Tough quarterbacks also get sacked more because sometimes they're too tough. Sometimes get the ball out of your hands and, and, and come back to play another down. Well, he's the guy that's going to hold the ball. So I really think Trayvon Walker, who played pretty well last week, Josh Allen has had a big year. Those guys are the most important guys in this football game, man. If he's got, if Baker Mayfield has time to sit back there, the Bucks are going to beat the Jets. I'll say this again. If Baker Mayfield can sit there comfortably oh, yeah. like he did last week against Green Bay, the Bucks are going to win the game. Yep. They've got to get him off his spot, and I think that's the biggest the biggest uh, key point of the game today. Well, I hope to see from Mike Caldwell some aggressive run blitzes that turn into, obviously, 
blitzes yeah. to the quarterback. Lua Kinn, Lloyd up the middle, you know, uh, the safeties, maybe nickel corner off the edge, running underneath the end, those types of things. That's how you can put some pressure on Baker. You mentioned Trayvon. I, I've been saying all week, he's, his game is really, really improving. And, uh, of course, Josh has just been a menace, man, almost all year. So those guys got to step up. But hopefully uh, Coach Caldwell's going to be aggressive on those blitz calls. I think you need to be, and I will tell you this: He likes that nickel blitz, oh, yeah. Tom. Yep. That he and he, he used it a lot with Trey Herndon, who actually was pretty good at it. Well, Antonio Johnson, who's now kind of become their nickel, is a way better athlete. Uh, so I wouldn't be. And they like to fire Rayshon Jenkins some. They like yep. to fire the nickel, which now is Antonio Johnson some. Oh, I think you got. I I think it's all out today, man. This is you. You leave nothing in the cupboard today, boy. This is a. I I really think it's that kind of a game. Again, this game is. I can't emphasize enough, Tom and Hayes, how important this football game is to the Jaguars. Yep. Again, that doesn't mean if you lose today, you're not going to win the division. But this is your chance to start a two-game stretch where you are clearly – and remember now, that last week of the season, week 18, game 17, the Texans and the Colts play each other. So one of those right. teams is going to have lost number seven. There's no getting around that. One of those teams is going to lose the seventh game then. If you can go into that week with only six losses and the tiebreaker, which you have right now, it's important. You're going to win next week. I'm totally convinced of that. Man, this is an important game for the Jets. Yeah, it is, Frank. And some interesting news this morning. The Titans put Jeffrey Simmons on IR. Uh, yes, so right. you're not going to have to worry about him right. in the finale. And he's by far, in, in my opinion, the, the, the biggest concern. Uh, no so that, that certainly makes that finale, if you need it, a little bit more yeah. uh, winnable, you would think. Okay, uh, what kind of game do you see today? And give us a score prediction. Uh, I, I think the Jags are going to win the game. I, I picked the Jags all week long. It's easy to pick against them. The Bucks have won three in a row. The Jags have lost three in a row. The Bucks are playing with some confidence. I think the Jags have the better team. I think the fact that Trevor Lawrence is going to play. As for the kind of game, I think you see a lot of screen passes. To Tom's point earlier, there hasn't been much run blocking. We know that. The running game, uh, you, you can't keep beating your head against the wall. They've had a trouble, trouble running the ball. I think it's a game of those jet sweeps, some of that horizontal game, Hayes. I think I think Trevor's going to get the ball out of his hands quickly. I think you're going to see a, a lot of Evan Ingram, a lot of Calvin Ridley, probably a low-scoring game. Uh, but I still think the Jags are going to win this game. I think the Jags, can you get to 24? Can you get to 27? Uh, I see a 27-17, 27-21 kind of game. I think the Jags are going to beat the Bucks today. Part of it's because I know how much they need to, right? I'm probably buying <laughs> yeah. the Kool-Aid here, you know? I'm getting caught up in how important this one. But I'll say this, if Doug Peterson's got here, when they really needed to win a football game, they've won the football game. That that The evidence tells us, it, 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 it's only been a year and a half, I get it, but the evidence tells us when they've really needed to win a football game, under Doug Peterson, they've won the football game, and I think they really need to win this one. I think the Jags, hey, he's 27-21. Love it. Love it. Beautiful. Merry Christmas, Frank. Thank yeah. you so much uh, for joining us, and have a great call. All right, fellas, thank you. Great, Have a great Christmas. Merry Christmas to everybody. Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah, he's the best. Oh, no Merry doubt. Merry Christmas. No and uh, that'll certainly be a, a fun listen later today, hopefully, yep. if uh, particularly if it goes the way that, uh, that Frank thinks it will. All right, coming up next on the kickoff show, we're going to look at that injury report, the fair and fair injury report. That is up next on the kickoff show. You're listening to 1010XL 92.5 FM. Getting game day underway. The famous automotive tire and quick lube kickoff show. Presented by Clearwater Irrigation. And Gatorade Fast Twitch. On 1010XL. The personal injury attorneys of Farah and Farah present this injury update. Farah and Farah. Jacksonville. Exclusive injury law firm of the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
All right, let's break this thing down. Tom McManus, Casey Dobson, Hayes Carlion here with you. And, uh, boy, it's uh, it's pretty messy for the Jags and pretty clean for, for Tampa Bay, unfortunately. We'll start with the Jags. Obviously, the big one, Trevor Lawrence dealing with the concussion, uh, was able to practice in limited fashion on Friday, is listed as questionable, did travel to Tampa, uh, is expected to start today, so that would obviously be gigantic, but concussions can be unpredictable. So hopefully Trevor woke up today and didn't have any sort of relapse at all like we saw with Michael Pittman, who's going to miss the Indianapolis game coming up at one, the really talented Colts receiver. Uh, in, in addition, Tyson Campbell, Andre Sisco have been out uh, they are listed as questionable for today. Tyson Campbell with a quad, Andre Sisco groin. They were limited in practice Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. They missed last week, so uh, hopefully they will be able to give it a go today. Uh, Zay Jones probably not going to play, although he was limited in Friday's practice, but and it's listed as questionable, but it's looking like Jaguars probably won't have Zay Jones today. Uh, Brenton Strange might be able to return from the foot limited in practice all week. He is listed as questionable, so we will see how it goes. Tampa side, the only thing that stands out, Tom, Antone Winfield, the safety, oh, yeah. real dynamic player, player yeah, is, yeah. has had an unbelievable season. Yep. Uh, Rick Stroud's going to join us from the Tampa Bay Times at noon uh, in our next segment, so yep. we'll certainly ask him about this possibility. So he suffered a calf injury in Friday's practice. Ooh. Yeah, so he okay. did not practice Friday. Hmm. So maybe he suffered it in Thursday's practice, but gotcha. uh, but did not practice at all in fr on Friday, is listed as questionable for the game. Okay. That would obviously be massive in yeah. terms of getting Evan Ingram really going and going in a in a big way. Yeah. Uh, Will Golston, defensive lineman, is battling, battling a knee and ankle. He was limited in practice all week. He is listed as questionable. Uh, so in terms of impactful players, yep. I mean, Tampa Bay's in, in pretty good shape here. I uh, Obviously, Trevor, we talked about that. Again, they haven't had Zay Jones much this season, but what does that do for the offense when Zay Jones isn't able to play? Well, we know what it does when he's in there and healthy, right? It opens up Ridley even more. It opens underneath even more. You know, And credit to him because that knee brace he had on was clunkier than you. I mean, he's a trooper for even just saying, hey, I'll give it a go. Yeah, And that's basically what he's doing there. He's like, yeah, it hurts. Yeah, I need this this big clunky thing to keep it protected. But you know what, Coach? I'm going to go out there and 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 give it my best. Right? Uh, the hamstrings are tough. Anytime you pull those things, even when you pull them earlier in the year, they can come back. You know, and as far as the calf, you know, that could be dehydration all the way to you know having a little tear in there. You just never know uh, with that. I will say with the concussion, just because I've had them before, like you know, as a player, if you can't go with the you you, it's a feeling like. Like, especially when it first happens, I'm sure a lot of people listen, they they felt it before. Like, you you get really weak. Like, you get really tired. Your brain feels tired. It just feels like you're just worn out. Um, I never had the post, you know, problems with the light or the headaches. But if you do, you got to add that into mm -hmm. it. So, Trevor or any other player, and, and granted, the medical doctors clear him as well. So, I'm just saying from the player's standpoint – He's going to be able to say, you know, if I'm cleared by them, then it comes down to me. He's going to be like, okay, I, I feel good enough to go. Because it's a terrible feeling when you're concussed. It's yeah. one of the, it's a bizarre, you want to throw up sometimes, you want to go to sleep. You don't, it's just, you're very weak and it's it's kind of a really strange kind of feeling. So, you know, after about a week, you know, he, you know, as long as he's cleared like he is, 
he would still, you know, he may, hopefully he doesn't wake up this morning or woke up this morning. He's like, man, I just don't feel it. Like he'll, he'll know, he'll know. And then he'll let them know. But if he says he's going, it's because he feels good. Is, I mean, because you kind of have to with the head. Is it hard to process a game plan when you're battling a concussion? Does it hurt your processing? Well, it depends. It depends how severe it is. Go go to Stroud out in Houston. Like, he's out for another week. I bet you that first week he couldn't hardly want to read anything. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, yeah. I, it all and, – and, again, there's all these various levels of being concussed, right? Mm-hmm. Now, it's not one size fit all, you know, and one, one brain heals the same as another. You know what I mean? Who knows? I'm not a – of course, I'm not a doctor, um, but I've had plenty of them, you know, and felt them firsthand. But, no, it, it really depends. Again, I never had the headache or the light, so mine was just pro- probably lasted. Granted, the good Lord gave me this big fat head for a reason, <laughs> but mine probably lasted like 24 hours, 36, maybe 48 hours, and then I was I was pretty good. Does it th- – th- I'm always intrigued. Are there things that, like in the media, that we put out there that are kind of cliches and not really true, or is there – actual locker room truth to this uh, at the NFL level. If Trevor Lawrence is active, uh, he's battled through the knees, battled through the ankle, he hasn't missed a game, he's now battling through a concussion. As a player, does that give you extra energy in a game, or is that we're all pros and I don't need to see my quarterback out there for it to mean more to me? No, I would say that, look, overall, your offensive line should always feel like they're your protectors on and off the field, like nobody touches the QB, even during practice. Like, you're not allowed to touch the QB. He's our golden arm guy. We need him. Like, he's the most protected guy, right? So you got to make sure that when he plays through injury – now, concussion's different. It's a different kind of injury. And they would they – would, any injury – like, if Zay couldn't have gone last week, his teammates would have been like, we, we get it. I mean, look what look what he's got to go through to even get out there, to even try to, you know, do something, which he did. I mean, commending him again. So the But, the you know, the head's a little bit different with the concussion. So if you couldn't go, you, anybody in that locker room that's had a concussion knows exactly how it feels, and you, you know if you can't go. You just you, – you wouldn't you – wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to do it. It's almost like, uh, you, you know, you, you got a knee injury and you can't cut. Just can't you? You can't cut. It hurts too much. I can't cut. I just can't do it. You you know when the body now it may be tight, and you'd be like, no, I'm going anyway. I don't think you do that with the brain because the brain you really gotta you gotta it, again. It's just a weird, weaking kind of feeling. We talked about the at least from my experience. Yeah, we talked about the defensive line. You know, really certainly not being dominating against the Ravens and the loss. I. Uh, but let's talk about the secondary. If if Tyson Campbell, Andre Cisco can go, what kind of a boost is that? If they can't go, what's your level of concern? Well, I mean, I'm concerned with Mike Evans regardless because if we don't get any pressure on Baker, he's going to hit him. And he's going to, you know, he averages like 16 yards a catch. They're going to kill us down the field. Uh, the tight, I'm worried about the tight end too. I mean, what did Ball, you know, think about Baltimore's, Game plan. We don't need OBJ. We don't need Zay Flowers. Mm-hmm. We're going to pound the rock and kill him with our tight ends, and yeah. they did. So you know the tight end's going to be involved. They're going to try play action. One, one, one negative on both inside backers and the safeties when they're up, they do bite on that run fake way too. Granted, it keeps giving more, so you may want to move forward, but you can't be jumping up on those pass routes when they use that tight end down the seam or wherever else they're sending them. Um, you know, tight end's been hurting us. Like, now, granted, Najoku is more like 
not knowing what was happening, mm-hmm. missed assignments, that type of thing. But I think that's a blueprint that part of the blueprint that offensive coordinators are saying. They're saying, hey, look, we can pound the rock a little bit on them and we can play action them and our tight ends, they have trouble covering the tight end. So we utilize that. So Kate Otten, I think, has got four touchdowns. I mean, he's not a big star, not a big name. But if you leave him, you know, unaccounted for, they're gonna they're gonna go to him. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody else, and, and Mayfield certainly is a is a seasoned veteran. Frank brought up a, an interesting point about these teams run basically the same defense because Mike Caldwell was an apprentice under Todd Bowles yeah. in Tampa Bay. Yeah. So getting back to Trevor, does that make it easier for him? Uh, because obviously he's somewhat more familiar. You would expect with the Jaguars defense or it's that's that's practice that that's back to training camp yeah. and that's so long ago that it it doesn't really carry over. Well, I I got to I don't think it it may carry over a bit, but I I wouldn't think too much of of that. I I think both sides are going to have wrinkles where you're not going to you never seen it before. Um, you know, it's just it's just been a weird a weird thing. I don't know if you notice this like on the on the um uh, the hot read to Ingram, where Ingram went inside and not inside, but just went in, moved his route in, and Trevor threw it to where he thought he was gonna be. Do you remember that play? Mm-hmm. It was an all-out blitz. All you gotta do is turn around, and that's what Trevor was saying. You're just gonna turn around, but Ingram drifted inside, mm-hmm. and it, they didn't connect. Right. And then did you? See, I saw it on the TV. Trevor said something to Ingram. Didn't you see that? Yeah. So there was some signal. Right. Or something, or head nod, that this was going to happen. But so again, this late in the year, you know what I mean? It's like okay, they're both veterans, mm-hmm. Evan more than Trevor. But Trevor's this is third year; he should, mm-hmm. and he was trying to communicate something, right? Because they were so that would have been a great. That's what that's what you do when they all out blitz. You find the hot read and get it to him. And the hot I only learned this from Pete Mitchell because he used to tell me, he's like, yeah, when you know it's a hot read and you're that you got to just stop and turn around and make yourself available so he can get the ball off. And, and again, that's the thing, the communication. Little things. Yeah, the little things. The little things. Like they add up to yeah. big things. When when any – Tom Coughlin on that one. Yeah, when any head coach for weeks and weeks and weeks talks about we have to eliminate the BS, like Doug Peterson you know, directly said a couple weeks ago yeah. after yeah. – I think it was the – uh, maybe it was the Cincinnati loss, the Cleveland loss. I don't know, but right. I he was like, we have to eliminate the BS, and then they obviously didn't do it against the Ravens. A lot of self-inflicted, oh, self-destruction. It, at some point, is it? For, I guess from the coaching perspective, you got to keep emphasizing it. But from the player perspective, does just do you just as a team does the confidence drop? And if one, as soon as the first mistake happens, there's almost like a, oh, here we go again, and then there's a second mistake and a third mistake. Like, how hard is it going to be for the Jaguars to play a clean game today and moving forward when, again, 24 giveaways, I six know. missed field goals, oh, other time management fiascos? Yeah, right. Uh, is, open, is it is it guys not running routes. Yeah. Is it almost an impossible task no. to play a clean game? No, I don't think so at all. I, I, I did read that they had a team – Players only meeting was it this week or was that last week? I, Player? I think, yeah. I like players only meetings because right. you can air out a lot of stuff mm-hmm. and guys will hopefully speak their mind and you can. It's like a family, right? Some, I mean, look, I'm I'm an Irish family. I know growing up, we we always had arguments at the dinner table and then we made up later. 
You know, <laughs> might have been a few tears, a few cuss words and all that. No no swings thrown, at least not that I remember. But And then you'd make up, you know. You got to air some stuff out from time to time, and, and I like that. But, no, I look, man, it and, – and, look, I think Doug does a good job, whether you, you agree with it or not. He protects his, his players. They don't call out their players. You, none of the coaches do. And I'm not necessarily asking them to. You, you know who's – you know what's going on, right? All you got to do is watch – Watch the game, but you know, I I'm I'm surprised that they have these many mistakes this late in the year, and yeah. it, it it does come down to, in my opinion, the coaches can only do so much. It's the players that have to memorize everything. You, you, that's what you do. You memorize your you you all listening to you've memorized for a test before. It's the same thing. You got to memorize the play, the game plan, the the plays, the tendencies. All, everything you can learn from them, what you watch on film. And like I've said today, you know, you got to do a lot more on your own today because you can't be with the coaches forever, right? You can't be watching film, but just in, in general. Yeah. So you got to really do a lot of studying. And to me, and, and I know we're in a some peop, society, oh, it's okay, it's okay. I'm not an it's okay kind of guy when mm-hmm. it comes to football, right? right? You got a job to do. Yeah. Like I was leaving the do- the, the house today. And my wife and daughter are like, Dad, what are you gonna, what are you gonna say today? And I, and I was I was messing around. And I said, "How about do your beeping job?" And I shut the door. <laughs> Love it. Final uh, thought. Yeah. Uh, final thought. Getting back to your point about tight ends, Casey sent uh, sent me this and nice. great work, Casey. So against tight ends, the Jaguars gave up five catches for fifty six yards against the Ravens. Obviously, the huge one to likely was yep. like the play of the game when yep. he made a great play. Uh, when that was Lamar, kind of a freak play. Yeah, Lamar got out of the smoot sack and yep. threw it up to likely. Uh, against Cleveland, eleven catches for ninety-five yards collectively. Yep. That obviously couple was, touchdowns though yeah, each, right? That yep. was yeah, that was a, a massive, massive uh, weakness for the Jaguars that day. And against Cincinnati, ten for ninety-one. Uh, so yeah, it's been a problem. Tampa Bay doesn't have that star at that position. But to your point, need if it's right there right. and wide open, right. they're going to take it. So, or the uh, second tight end. Sorry to cut yeah, you off. Yeah. It could be the second tight end nobody even knows about. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to ask uh, Rick Stroud about that from the Tampa Bay Times. He's kind enough to join us. Coming up next, you're listening to The Kickoff Show on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Starting your game day. The famous automotive tire and quick lube kickoff show. Presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Gatorade Fast Twitch on 1010XL. Now let's go behind enemy lines. Behind enemy lines. Brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors on 1010XL. All right, welcome back to the kickoff show. Tom McManus, Casey Dobson, I'm Hayes Carlyon with you, and we are pleased to be joined with Rick Stroud, excellent NFL writer. He's done it for a number of years for the Tampa Bay Times. Kind enough to join us today. Rick, Merry Christmas. How are you? Merry Christmas to you guys. I'm doing well. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us on game day. This is uh, gigantic. What has been the key for Tampa Bay in, in winning these last three games, Rick? Well, I, I think that they've, uh, you know, they've played complimentary football um, in the sense that, uh, you know, they've, they've gotten the stops on defense, turnovers, really when they needed them uh, against Carolina, Atlanta. Um, and, you know, the Green Bay game was just a breakout. We've seen this coming. They've started to run the ball consistently. Rashad White has become a weapon in the passing game as well. And Baker Mayfield had one of the best games of his career at Green Bay, which is a really tough place to play. And, that was after he had a sack fumble early in the game to put them behind. So, uh, you know, it's taken time with a new offensive coordinator, Dave Canales, who never called plays in his years in Seattle. And 
Um, he's starting to figure out, you know, what they can do. And they're just, you know, they, they've had their backs against the wall. There's really been no room for, for error here, you know, since they, uh, you know, three weeks ago, they, they, they were in deep trouble. So uh, they managed to punch their way up. And um, here they are at, uh, you know, seven and seven with a, a real good chance to win the NFC South. Yeah, both teams, Rick, of course, as you know, uh, fighting for that top spot in each respective division. Tampa's got to be pretty excited. What kind of atmosphere are we going to see uh, down there in Tampa today as the Jags take on the Bucks? Well, it's a great question. I mean, I, I you know, I would imagine some Jag fans will come down. It, it, it has not been, uh, you know, the, the Brady euphoria that we were used to for three years, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of uh, a lot of the people in the lower bowl have been from opposing teams, so. Uh, but I think after last week's performance at Green Bay, it's Christmas Eve. Um, you know, I, I can see a pretty enthusiastic crowd coming to the ballpark. And, um, you know, it, it, it's one of those things where they haven't played as well at home this year offensively as they have on the road. I think they've averaged just a little over 15 points at home and certainly more than that on the road. Their two biggest offensive days have come on the road. So uh, they'll need to get it going. And, um, you know, it, it's 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 sort of, you know, games have momentum, seasons have momentum, and I think they've got a little bit of, of uh, less headwinds on them right now. So, um, but this should be a great game. I mean, these, both these teams desperately need to win this game. You know, Trevor Lawrence is going to play, um, so that that's going to be a uh, it's going to be a great game. Yeah, absolutely. Rick Stroud joining us from the Tampa Bay Times. You can find him on Twitter at NFL Stroud. Uh, Rick, you reported Baker Mayfield now looking like he is going to be the the Tampa Bay quarterback moving forward into the twenty four season. Uh, what is what has impressed Tampa Bay about Baker, and how close do you think that deal is to to getting done? Where that will be the plan moving forward that Mayfield will be back as the Buck starter? Yeah, I think both sides want to do it. Uh, they haven't had the first discussion, obviously. Uh, and again, you know, there's still the, the the story is not completely written these last three weeks are going to be important as well. But in terms of what he's done, you know, look, this is the fourth team he's played on in 17, 18 months um, to come in here, uh, ingratiate himself with this, with this locker room. Uh, he's really uh, done the work there. He's a very easy guy, a lot of uh, to, to know and follow. And a lot of guys will follow him. Um, and he's just kind of played the position the way Baker Mayfield you'd expect, you know, with great effort, um, but, but also precision and, you know, you look at his numbers, and, and I think he's probably about, you know, 25 and 8, something like that in terms of touchdowns and interceptions, somewhere around there. Um, he's having an outstanding year protecting the football, um, but more than that, leading his team. You know, this was a tough ask for him, but a tough ask for everybody to learn a new offense. Look, they didn't have any money under the salary cap. They were 70-something million over. They really didn't sign any free agents outside of a couple of their own, so um, they're trying to thread a needle here in, in what is a pretty weak NFC South and have a chance to win it for the third straight year, which has never happened in Tampa Bay uh, in all the years they've been playing football. So it's a special thing to do, especially following a Tom Brady. That's a hard ask as well. And, and you could argue that at least as far as this year from last year, Brady didn't have a running game very much to speak up. Neither did, neither did Baker for about um, you know the first eight eight weeks. But Baker has actually played as well or better than Tom Brady to this point. Hey, Rick, how would you rate the uh, Buccaneers' offensive line? Of course, losing Jensen uh, very early in the season. You got Tristan Wirfs, who's a stud tackle. But how would you look at what, what kind of grade would you give them uh, at this point of the year? 
Well, they, I mean, they, they've been kind of average uh, throughout the year, but I think these last few weeks, it's, it's probably, uh, you know, eking into the B area because, uh, again, I think that they, they've kind of figured out what they can do in terms of the run schemes and outside zone, outside zone scheme, uh, but they've dialed up some runs now for Rashad White, and he was told back when they were playing Buffalo many, many weeks ago that, you know, he had sort of this Le'Veon Bell style where he kind of picks his way, and they said, listen, man, you're going to have to trust that there's going to be a hole there, put your foot in the ground, and, and use your size and, and get downhill and be more physical. You know, that's what we need from you is to be violent. And he's done that since that day as well as become a terrific – he's a terrific uh, route runner. Um, he's an absolute weapon, uh, you know, for Baker in the passing game. Um, so the offensive line is a big part of that. Uh, I think the big change, too, is Aaron Stinney stepping in at guard and they lost Matt Tyler to an injury and Aaron never let that job go. Uh, and he's provided some, you know, some, some good feet, but they're a smaller, uh, I mean, they got good size on one side of the line, but for the most part, they use their, their mobility and Robert Hainsey's ability to get outside and kick guys out. So, uh, it's a good group. Um, all pro obviously at left tackle. It's a big switch for Tristan, but they've done a nice job. I think this year. Rick Antone Winfield jr. Has been outstanding and he's dealing with a calf injury listed as questionable, what has he meant to this defense, and do you expect that he'll be active today? Well, he's their most valuable player on defense. Uh, you know, Levante David has been a stud always, and even at, you know, soon to be 34. Uh, the guy's timeless. He had his 10th straight 100-yard tackle season the other day. But Antoine Winfield Jr. Uh, just affects the game at every level, right? Um, he can come down and blitz. I think he has more sacks than any defensive back since he came into the league. Um, he absolutely has tackles for losses in the run game if you need him there. And then, of course, he's really good on the back end. He's had some game-sealing interceptions and plays that have uh, really changed the outcome. So uh, it's it's absolutely imperative he play today. Um, I, you know, questionable. I mean, that's one of those things where uh, if you can go, uh, players generally do go when they're questionable. Uh, but he's had a bit of a calf injury in the past. I don't know how severe this is, something that seemed like it happened late in the week, maybe in practice. So we'll just have to see. But um, I would expect him to be there because of the magnitude of the game. Uh, and just I know how tough he is and how much he wants to play. Well, having Vita Vea up front, uh, <laughs> that nose tackle is, is a nice weapon for any safety or any defensive back for that matter. He's been such a great presence up front, uh, not only stopping the run, but uh, I think five and a half sacks. Just talk about the impact of him. Yeah, well, Vita is, is unlike many players in this league. I mean, the guy is, is, is an absolute load, and it takes, you know, you got to get four hands on him on every play. I mean, he will forklift uh, offensive linemen into the lap of the quarterback. It's just impressive to see the power and also the mobility. You know, yeah. he's got great feet. This guy was a running back in high school. Oh Can you imagine gosh, that? No. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, he, he just absolutely trucks people, and, and he's got a great disposition. He's a tireless worker, so – uh, he's not 100%. Very few players are this time of year. Right. But what he does is, you know, they paired him with a rookie, Kalaja Kansi, who's an exciting player, different style, you know, more of that three technique with a lot of speed, a lot of burst, uh, quickness, uh, technique. And he's really come on and, and made a big difference, the two of those guys together. And that creates a lot of one-on-one -on -one blocking opportunities on the outside. Yaya Diaby from Louisville, who's a rookie, has kind of taken over from Joe Tryon, Shalanka. They got him paired with, you know, uh, over there on the outside, rushing in uh, with Shaquille Barrett. And, and so together, they've, they've really done a nice job of, of, of kind of complementing each other. And, 
but it does start up front. You know, we talked about Winfield Bay as the other guy. That's the difference maker in this defense. When he's when he's getting push, and he always does. Um, that that's when the offense is in trouble. So Trevor Lawrence is probably going to have him in his lap a few times. He'll test that ankle, try to get away from. Him. Yeah, absolutely. And the Jaguars center, Luke Fordner, is really struggling, particularly with physical players. So that could be a gigantic mismatch for Tampa Bay today. Uh, Rick, in terms of Mike Evans, another potential gigantic mismatch uh, in, in in Tampa's favor. Uh, another outstanding year for Mike Evans. I, how has he and, and, and Mayfield gotten along and connected? And, and do you think Mike Evans, what, what are his chances of, of one day being enshrined in Canton? Well, I mean, you know, it's never a certainty, right? But I think he certainly is, is Hall of Fame worthy if he were not to play another down. I mean, this guy has put together 10 straight 1,000-yard seasons, never been done. When you start talking about things that have never been done in the history of football, that puts you in a different category, right? He's been to the Pro Bowl. He's won a Super Bowl. He's done everything you can do. But what he is is a rarity because at a position where we know it's it's a you know kind of a diva position, you need to call for the ball a lot of times. Mike's willing to go out there and do all the dirty work. He never complains. He just wants to win. He's, that's the biggest compliment I can pay him is that he's just a winner. And we've seen days where he's just exact, you know taken over. Um, he's gotten in the end zone a bunch of times this year, probably. 12, 13 times, and, you know, uh, he, he's always productive, and, and defenses will rotate to him no matter what, you know, and last week they did a good job of, of changing things up. They had moved Chris Godwin to the boundary for most of the year uh, to try to protect him because of some of the injuries he's had, but then they moved him back to the slot, which is a natural position, and Chris Godwin went off for 10 catches, 155 yards. You still had Mike Evans with a touchdown a pretty good game from him. So if those two guys are going, um, it, they're a handful. But uh, where, they, where they've kind of struggled is to find that third receiver uh, to kind of complement those guys. But, yeah, Mike, Mike's an absolute stud, and I think we'll, we'll be covering him in Canton one day. I don't think there's any question. I don't think his career is through by a long shot. He's a free agent, and uh, he's going to have a lot of opportunity to go make some money because this has been really one of his best years uh, of his career. Yeah, no doubt about it. Rick, we can't thank you enough for your time. Just one final thought. How do you see this game playing out today? You know, I'm, I'm the worst predictor of football in the world, uh, but I, I do think that, that both these teams are desperate. Um, if Trevor is right, I think Jacksonville has an edge. I know that, you know, Coach Caldwell knows his team very well, but um, the Bucks have not played their best, best game at home. But I think they have a little bit of momentum right now. And so I would give them just a slight edge. I know I, I'm, I'm not a picker. I've seen a point and a half. seems to me this is going to be one of those games going to come down to a kick at the end. Yeah, absolutely. Rick, we can't thank you enough for your time. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas to you, and certainly have a, uh, a great time at the game today. Yeah. Same to you guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, right. Rick. Thank you, Rick. Beautiful. Yeah, that was, that was outstanding stuff. Should and be a great game. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, look. If you take our bias out of it, like if you're just yeah. watching this, it's going to be a fun game to watch. A lot of ins and outs in this one. Yeah, and, and, a, and a lot of matchups that I think Tampa feels really good about some of theirs. Yeah. And I think the Jaguars are going to feel pretty good about some of theirs as yep. well. So uh, it really will be a lot of fun. And, and I'm glad you asked about the environment. I'm really interested in seeing – yeah, you know the Jaguars have traveled so great all oh, no year. Doubt. Uh, so I, you have to think there's gonna. I don't know about it. It'll feel like a neutral crowd. Yep. Uh, or but but I think you're gonna see a, a heavy Jaguars presence, even despite 
the game being on Christmas agreed. Eve. So, no, agreed. Uh, and the weather, I think, is fine. It's going to be dreary, cloudy, but temperature is 70. I don't think oh, there's perfect. any chance of, of, of rain. So uh, yep. the conditions should be good. But, yeah, it, it, it's going to be obviously a, a fun game. It'll be even more enjoyable if we're talking about a Colts loss and a Texans loss yeah, no doubt. in the 1 o'clock block. So Absolutely. hopefully that'll happen. We're going to be right back on the kickoff show. We're going to do our keys to the game Presented by Instant Keys. That is coming up next. You're listening to The Kickoff Show on 1010XL, 92.5 FM. The famous automotive tire and quick lube kickoff show. Presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Gatorade Fast Twitch on 1010XL. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus Lane. Hopefully, Santa brings us a dub. Absolutely. Well, he's probably, look, this is the final preparations. Santa Claus is getting ready to leave the North Pole here in a a few hours. The elves are, you know, making sure he's got everything. It's amazing he can hit every hour. It's it's incredible. It's the magic of Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. Casey, great job on the Christmas music. Do you have a favorite Christmas song? Um, it depends. I like some yeah. of the old uh, school ones, but I, I like too. I like Bruce's Santa Claus. Yeah, Town. that's a good one. But I also like uh, what was that that one album? It's got like so this is Christmas, and then it's got like you know John. Uh, oh yeah, John Lennon. Lennon. Yeah, and McCartney's on. Oh it's yeah, like a classic, really absolutely. Cool. Those type of things. Have you ever heard? Uh, have you ever heard David Bowie and Bing Crosby's oh, yeah. uh, "Little Drummer Boy" and "Peace yeah. on Earth"? Oh. oh yeah, that's 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 my favorite. That's, All right. Since, nice what about show. you, Casey? You have a favorite Christmas song? Uh, honestly, uh, I'm kind of nauseated. Uh, every year we got to play Christmas. Every year, obviously, <laughs> that's why I started the, today's show off with Mariah Carey. Yeah. I had to put my own spin on it. But if I had to say one, and it's because it, it involves my favorite Christmas movie, The Santa Claus. Okay. Uh, is do 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 I'm dreaming ah, of a uh, wife. There you go. That's why it's queued up for the next commercial break, by the way. Love it. Very nice. Very good. All right. Well, let's hit some keys to the game, Casey. Now, the keys to the game. Brought to you by Instant Keys, fast, professional, honest locksmith service. Tom, kick us off. Keys to the game. Uh, I'll tell what do you we got to do today? Key. Don't get Trevor hit early. Like, don't let anybody hit him, like, at all. Like, he's got to get into the flow of the game before he starts getting whacked because anything can happen after that. If you get his rhythm off, if the timing's off, if he starts losing faith in his guys, it's it's not going to be good, right? And then you got to protect him as well on top of that. So keep him clean early. Let him get into the flow and then let him be him and, and he'll be all right. Yeah, I think that's a great point. For me, it's almost an intangible that I'm, I'm going to lead off with today. You've got to find an intensity that you have not found this season. And if it's not going to happen today, when is it going to happen? Are you going to go into the offseason – and have to sit around for eight months thinking of the opportunity that you squandered, I I just think at this point it's time to lay it all out on the line. I don't think they did that against Cincinnati, Cleveland, or Baltimore. The mental mistakes are certainly a problem, and I'm sure we'll touch on that as we continue this segment. But for me, win the street fight for once. Go out there and win the street fight. 
want it more than they want it. Because frankly, we I just don't feel like we have seen that all year. When they win, it's they, they're a very talented team. The Jaguars oh, are no very talent. talented. Plenty talented. And I think when they've won, it's because that talent has won the day. I don't know that the Jaguars have won a lot of games because they've just mauled people. Like what Cleveland's doing in Cincinnati, although they lost yesterday to Pittsburgh. But you know, without Burrow, they'd been playing well up until yesterday. That's the energy, the intensity, the Jaguars, Tom, in my opinion. They've got to find a way to harness that if they're going to win on the road in Tampa. Well, on the defensive side of the ball, the interior guy's got to step up because you know who has shown up? The outside guys. You know who else the inside backers have as well and the safeties have as well. But who hasn't shown up consistently is that interior three. Hey, go earn your money. They paid you some money to come back, finish like you did last year. When is that going to click? Last year was Dallas, I felt like. After halftime, yeah. our defense for, just started clicking. When is that going to happen? It's got to happen today. Look, can you limp in? Sure. Who wants to limp in, though? You're not going to have any confidence inside that room to go and beat a real good football team, which is what you face in the uh, in the playoffs. So this is a massive, massive opportunity to kickstart this back. Forget about the rest. Forget about it. Forget about eight and six, right? You're zero and zero fighting for your life, and you got to win this one today. But if you want an attitude, well, how about those guys, Roy Robinson, Harris, Foley, uh, Devon Hamilton, Gotsis, Ledbetter, uh, missing one other who's played pretty well. Um, Blackson. Blackson. All of those guys, you, whether you're in the rotation or not, show up today and earn your money. Let's go. How do you try and get this run game going against Tampa's front? Do you even test it? I mean, I guess you, you, you can't just go into a game and say, we're not going to run it between the tackles. We're not even going to try it. How do you try to manufacture a run game against Tampa Bay? Well, you got to block down on Vita. Right, and then try to seal the inside out. One of their best run plays is that. They go right outside the ass of the tight end or the tackle. They slam everybody down. They kick out the guard. The wide receiver keeps his guy out, and there's a lane right there. Now, you can't run it every time because Baltimore figured it out. If you notice, they just started shooting gaps and seeing what they were doing. So you got to mix it up a little bit, but you're not going to get much up the middle today. Maybe you got to do it on occasion, to be honest, but I'll tell you what. Just stop doing the, the bubble screens. I don't care if they're an extension of your run game. Make the quick slant a, an extension of your run game. By the way, Ridley's gotten a lot better at that throughout the year. That's one of his better routes. Let's get him the ball more in that kind of fashion. How about some crossing patterns, shallow ones, where you don't need a lot of time. You just need a chance to get the guy open, get him open on a rub, however you line up in the formation, maybe by, uh, by motion. But get those quick throws, get them out quick, get our quarterback into a rhythm. How do you test Winfield dealing with the calf? Rick told us he expects him to be active, but the injury did happen late in the week, so it's not yeah. like he's had a lot of time to uh, – we don't know the significance of it, but it's not like he's had a lot of time to, to rehab it. How do you go about trying to test to see where is he, assuming yeah. he's active and out there? Yep. How, much, how much does the game within a game happen with an injury well, like that? Well, it can. So let's just say, you know, first of all, you got to recognize it, right? But let's just say he lines up one-on-one -on -one with Parker in the slot. Maybe a double move to test him. Maybe there's a wink or a head nod or something, and a hand signal or something. Hey, I got one-on-one -on -one here. Let me work him a little bit. You'd feel better if I said Christian Kirk, but he's not there, and that's the role of Parker Washington. So I would do that. I mean, look, he's had – it sounded from what Rick Stroud just said, he's had the injury before. 
So maybe he knows how to manage it. Maybe it's not that big of a deal or whatever. But he is their biggest playmaker. He leads the team in tackles. He's got uh, sacks. He's got picks, forced fumbles. He's a big hitter. So I might want to stay away from him as much as possible. But I would get Ingram on him as well. Ingram, that here's the problem I'm seeing with Ingram lately. It's how they're using him. They Because of the offensive line breakdowns. If you notice, they motion him in a lot to chip. And that's not what you want him doing. You want him one-on-one with a backer or safety in a crossing route and get him the ball so he can get up the field. Hey, if he's got to chip and then get out on occasion, that's fine. But I'm seeing too much. Let Luke Farrell do that. Bring the big man in, right? And by the way, one of the best series last week was what? Off-tackle ETN, uh, wildcat off-tackle ETN, play action, Farrell down the seam, boom, boom, boom. That's the most the rhythm we got to get into. That's what every offense has got to get into, but that's what we got to see. And Trevor's best throws still are what? In front of him, in between the numbers. It's his best throws. The, the out to Ridley is a very good throw, don't get me wrong, but his most consistent are the ones that are in front of him. Do you like the idea of, of going with a three tight end look where Ingram's lined up in the slot? And you've got if Strange is assuming Strange is active, mm. and you've got Strange and Farrell to maybe help with the run game. Yes, it works for other teams too, and you can use those guys in routes too. Farrell catches a pass a game. Sure, uh, Strange can definitely make some plays, and we know Ingram's one of the better tight ends in the game, especially with the ball in his hand. So I kind of like that idea. You know, look, you're you're hurting it wide out. Right. Let's load up on the tight ends. You still got Ridley. You still got Parker. You still got Tim and, and Tim Jones. And look, Elijah Cooks. I know he doesn't go to you, but maybe today he does. Maybe they find a way to get you the ball down the field. Got to catch it this time. But that's a great idea, using a three tight end set like that. Yeah, it just seems like you know you're not going to get a lot of push from Fortner, Sheriff. And, right. and we'll see about Ezra Cleveland. But, but yeah, I mean, it just at this point, and to your point, it takes some pressure off of right. a depleted receiver. Court. And for the record, when you've got like tight ends – and you're overloaded on one side, and you're blocking down, and you're front, you're a defender inside outing that, it's very hard to get over the top and get over to the ball. If you duck underneath, they just wall you. That could be a thing where they're they're walling it down on one side, kicking out on the, you know, coming from the backside, and then there's that lane. I'm trying to like, I'm on TV, yeah. but, you know, there's <laughs> well, no, a lane. Are. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for watching yeah. on YouTube. But you know what? Then there's that lane where ETN can get up in there and make something happen. Is this a game where you fake a punt or do a surprise onside kick? If you're Doug Peterson, do you like that, or do you play this game straight up? You know, I'm not a big gimmick yeah. type guy, but a, a well-timed fake punt that works, that's the thing. It's not fair. You know, you want them to – yeah, if it works, it's great. <laughs> I love it. But if yeah. it doesn't work, right. no. It's like go back to Trevor at halftime. Fine, go for it. I wouldn't have, but whatever. Mm -hmm. But you don't go do that. Yeah. That killed it. Like you just, you just walked out of there with no. Po After a great passing catch, right? So hopefully that doesn't happen today. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I, I don't get the sense this will be a game where where Doug goes about that because I think the team already probably feels a sense of desperation of the moment. Yeah. And if it doesn't work, if if that kind of thing, then I think the it, it you worry about. I think can your team bounce back from that? Well, I'll tell you who's going to bounce back. And I'm not saying this because we have the same last name. But if it's 70 degrees yeah. and not, not too windy, not too bad, that's good kick-in conditions, he can nail it. Sure. 
I, I trust in him. For I'm the, not worried about McManus. No, I'm not either, but yeah. look, last week wasn't good. I know some good. people are. It yeah, wasn't, it wasn't good, yeah. and he's got to be held accountable just like everybody else. Right. He's 24-30. Yeah. 80%. We, we need it closer to 90. Yeah. Fair enough? Yeah. Fair enough. So I think he's going to have a bounce-back day today and win the game for right. our team. My bold prediction is that Brandon McManus will not miss another kick the rest of the season. Oh. What do you think about that? I love it. Come on, cuz. Yeah. Get it done. Yeah, and, and obviously, the, you know, we, we talk about the special teams. Logan Cook is is obviously one of the best. Uh, Jamal Agnew, yep. I mean, he's he has really been impressive coming back from the injury. Yep. So he could give something in the return game today. I'll that could tell be you a who's a dog. Daniel Thomas is a dog. Oh, yeah. You see what that play. play he made on that two-on-one? He split him and then made yeah. the tackle? That, that's a dog. That's yeah. a guy all attitude. That's right. what we need across the board. Do, they like to do the, the three, assuming Cisco's active, We've seen the three safety look. Mm. Uh, Antonio Johnson, Wingard, Cisco, uh, Rayshon Jenkins, you know, the guys yep. in that mix. Do you like that? Is that a good matchup today against Tampa Bay and what they throw? Yeah, I think so. I mean, look, it depends how active they're going to be down the seams with those guys. You know what I mean? And we're going to have to save, have a safety over the top to help with Mike Evans for sure uh, more times than not. I like the Antonio Johnson, Cisco. Uh, and Rayshon Jenkins trio. Wingard, hey, man, he makes plays, too. I'm not against him either being out there. Uh, but, look, Antonio Johnson, to me, brings a nice, big, physical presence. So does Cisco. I'm glad if he's back, that he's back healthy and ready to go full speed. Jenkins is a dog. He, no doubt. I'm using that term a lot today. I normally don't. But he is. He is a guy you want on your defense, and I don't want to ever see him off the field because he does bring his A game pretty much every game. So I think you'll see some of that big nickel. Right, make sure, especially if Rick Stroud's correct and saying they're getting the running game going, it's starting to click. You might have to because because one thing that the teams do, they get you nickel and then they run on you, and it's typically a hat on hat, and that's why we load the box so they can't get a hat on a hat. We have one free defender to make the tackle. When it's nickel, you don't have that, and when they get a run on you, it's typically a gash. Because there's nobody there, to, especially if they got men and they send guys out, you know what I mean, to go block, pretend like they're, you know, next thing you know, they're ripping off 7, 10 yards. So it's very tough to defend the run when they spread you out in that nickel grouping. Yeah, no doubt about it. And and Mayfield's not a big guy. So if you can hit him with some blitzes and, you know, and, and get after him early, we understand it. You can't body weight the quarterback no, now and, and the yeah. rules. But you can still physically affect a quarterback legally and yeah. – and they're going to have to do it today. Well, look, you've got to push the pocket on this guy because he's shorter. you got to get in his face. And then let the ends, like Trayvon and, and, and Josh, get to him and whoever else. But that push has got to be up there because it's hard to see. It's hard to see over those guys. I did a, a little thing with big John Henderson at my, my other show. I said, John, just stand in front of me and then put your arms over your head. It was like a grizzly bear was in front of me. <laughs> I'm like, how, how does anybody throw a rod? He's like, yeah, I used to love getting in Peyton's face, me and Stroud. He couldn't see over us. But that's like, that is a very valid thing when you're trying to disrupt a quarterback because if he can't see, what does he have to do? He has to slide. And then when he slides, Hopefully your outside pressure is right there to gobble him up and take him down. If you win the toss, if you're Doug Peterson, are you uh, taking the ball or deferring? I'm deferring. I want to see my my defense needs to step up. They do. They, they've they been very good at times throughout this year. They have. But I want to see more consistent. I want to see more consistency across the board. That's the problem with this team. Too inconsistent. You know, you look good at times like, wow, 
you know, this, oh, this, that series was great. Oh, I feel it. You know, they're coming again. And then a boneheaded play or a bad penalty or a missed assignment or a blown coverage or whatever happens that has been happening to this team. So we gotta gotta eliminate that stuff today. And, and we, you know, we talked about this earlier in the show. In your opinion, can teams? We're we're over eighty percent through this season, and it's been a consistent problem. Even in wins, it's been a consistent problem. The unforced errors. Can you finally, as a team, when you're this deep in it, get evolve from that, or is it just this is their identity, and unfortunately, this is probably who they're going to be until their their final snap of the season. Well, look, no, no, my my message would be to look look at the upside fellas. Look where we're at and we haven't played our best football. Like let's really hone in. Like you, look, you know what it takes. We're sitting here at our you you saw what happened the last 3 weeks. You saw what happened against San Fran. You saw what happened way earlier in the year against Houston when they came to town. We've been through these battle-tested moments. Now it's time like hey, you want to we all look we all love winning. We all love that glorious feeling of winning. I don't care what sport or what we're talking about. But when you're talking about getting into the playoffs and that feeling, that euphoric feeling, well, you don't just show up and get there. You got to put in even more work, right? Like, let's say, can we have a game where we don't make mistakes? Can we have a game where we don't have one missed assignment across the board? By the way, that's our beeping job to know what we're doing every single snap. I don't want to hear, well, Doug may pressure him too much, but I have all this stuff. You have a job to do. So no, how about that? One game, no mistakes. Yeah. No mistakes at all. Hey, Trev, how about a game with no mistakes from you either? Turning the ball over, you know, not securing the football, hitting the guy in the right spot. Receivers, same thing. Knowing what you're doing every play. That's that's a prerequisite, right? You know, it's like it's like you know, little Jimmy getting ice cream after not finishing his meal. What are you mm-hmm. talking about? Yeah, you know, right. if you don't eat your meat, you, you can't it. have any pudding. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, get back to that. Yeah, absolutely. Let's. Uh, <laughs> and I think in 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 looking at it, uh, it's it's one of those things that it's one thing to get out athleted. We understand the other guys yep. are professional players too. Right. They're making a lot of money. But I think the frustrating part of this losing skid and, in general, the losses this season have been it doesn't necessarily feel like the Jaguars got beat by a better team. San Francisco was better. Uh, But for the most part, it feels like a lot of this is just giveaways, just giving it away. And I think from a fan standpoint, that's even more frustrating uh, in in terms of how the season's gone. But, look, if they get the win today, they're in excellent shape. We know that. They're in excellent shape. They would be nine and six. Carolina coming to town, who's the worst team in the league, next week. You'd, you'd have to love your odds there. Yep. And then you go to Tennessee, who again, not them not having Jeffrey Simmons. When I saw that Big this time. morning, yep. I mean he's a frightening player. Yeah, yep. uh, and always plays well against the yep. Jaguars. He's so, Vita Vea, but as oh, a yeah. three technique, right? Not a one and explosive. Yeah, 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 yeah you're, totally you're absolutely right. All right, we are going to uh, wrap up the kickoff show coming up. Mia O'Brien has a player interview with Ezra Cleveland. Mia is enjoying some time with her family. Hopefully she's having a wonderful start to her Christmas holiday. Mia O'Brien player interview with Ezra Cleveland. That is coming up. We're also going to give our final thoughts and our picks as we conclude the kickoff show here on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Getting game day underway. The famous automotive tire and quick lube kickoff show presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Gatorade Fast Twitch on 1010XL. 
Welcome back. Tom McManus, Casey Dobson. I'm Hayes Carline with you on the kickoff show. Well, Tom, we've talked a lot about this offensive line. Mio O'Brien, our good friend, had a chance to catch up with left guard Ezra Cleveland. Is he still kind of getting situated to life as a Jaguar, coming off an injury as well? But uh, before we get to that interview, he's got to have a huge game today. You know, the, left, the whole offense, yeah. I mean, and it, by the way, I think he can play left tackle. Yeah, uh, Ezra. If he if in, in a college, pitch, yeah. yeah, if you yeah. need him to, I think he's athletic enough to do that. I think he does have a little bit of a nastiness to him at guard. You know, playing up in the the NFC North, they're physical. They pound right. They're a pounding. You know, trying to run it down your throat and then play action pass type thing. Doug's offense isn't that, so we do know that, right? They're a different kind of offense, different kind of offensive line. But uh, no, I like him. I like the addition to him. Uh, Walker Little's got to have a big day today, right? He he does. Fortner somehow's got to figure it out. Uh, Rick Strout said, "What about Vita Vey? He put a, put four hands on him, or he's gonna what do you say? Truck roll yeah, here or forklift? Forklift." <laughs> as soon as he, you oh and I looked gosh. at each other, and because oh, you can just picture it happening yeah, today, you right off your feet. I mean. Listen, we, we used to see Luke Jokel get knocked and almost do a somersault. Yeah, I, I would not be surprised if you see that out of Fortner a couple times. Well, today. I tell you, when you get when you stand up and guys are lower than you with power, you're going for a ride. Yeah. I don't care how big you are; it doesn't right. matter. You're, and, they're taking you, and that's been the knock on Fortner knock, as yeah. he's playing too high and yep. he's and he's not overly strong. So it's yeah. a it's a lethal combination uh, yeah. for him in terms of yep. his effectiveness. All right, we really appreciate Mio O'Brien catching up with yeah. Ezra Cleveland, and here's that interview from earlier this week. Pleased to be joined with Jaguars offensive lineman Ezra Cleveland. Ezra, it's been quite the whirlwind since we first met you shortly after Halloween when you yeah. moved down here in the middle of a snowstorm. Describe <laughs> the last seven weeks for me. Uh, it's been new. Um, it's been fun, though. Uh, the weather has definitely taken a turn for the worse, I think. Um, I brought the weather with me. Um, everyone keeps telling me it's been the coldest it's ever been in Florida during the winter, which is nice. But, uh, no, the team's great. Uh, it's nice getting to know all the guys. we got a few new faces, and they're, they're good people as well. Um, and we won a few games. We're also losing some games, and we're going to turn it around. So hopefully it gets better and more fun. Did you find the sushi spot yet? I did go to OQ. Okay. Um, this is probably going to ruffle a few feathers. It was okay. Mm, I haven't um, been yet, so. Oh, yeah. it was okay. People um, say it's super fancy. Yeah, it was fancy. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's better sushi out there. Mm-hmm. But I've been going to, like, the local, like, hawkers, and so that's Thai food. I've been asking people around here for t- food spots. Um, I got Marker 42. Marker 32. I got to go there. Fiance and I will go to those places eventually um, when we get some free time Monday or Tuesday. So, yeah. Good stuff. As far as, since you brought up the wins and losses, you've been through some up and down seasons in Minnesota. Maybe can you kind of bring your experience to this locker room, especially with so many young guys here that haven't experienced that? Yeah, I mean, my first uh, two, wait, my first two years in the the NFL, I wasn't above 500. Um, And I think the main thing is just to stay positive. NFL season is really long. Um, fortunately, they had a good record, or they were they were kind of rolling here when I first got here, and I think they kind of expect that. And you know, um, adversity hits throughout the season, and I think we're in the middle of that right now with the what is it three losses, three straight losses. But I mean, it's going to turn around. We just got to stay focused, uh, keep doing the little stuff at practice, um, watch watch more film, and. Just keep doing you. I mean, it's going to eventually turn around, and uh, the football gods eventually um, turn the tides, and uh, 
it'll, it'll turn around and be fun. Do you feel a different sense of urgency this week in the locker room? Um, I wouldn't say different. I would say it's focused differently, um, if that makes sense. Um, I think people are expecting. It's it's hard to explain. I think people were like expecting to win the last few the last few weeks, whereas now like we realize that we have to put in the work and like. You know, the NFL, any given Sunday, any team can win. And uh, you gotta, you got to come with your best every Sunday. You can be the better team, but um, the main thing is leaving, leaving, the, leaving the game Sunday with a win. So it doesn't matter how it's done, just, just getting the W. You've played a couple of different positions, yeah. uh, including your first spell at left tackle in your NFL yeah. career. Uh, what has it been like for you? Because I know I just asked Anton, too. Doug said it this morning, maybe perhaps some of the struggles have been because you guys haven't had the same offensive lineup in weeks. Uh, for sure. I think that's definitely a factor. Um, me playing left tackle for the first time since college was was fun. Uh, but, you know, that's not what you want out there on Sundays. I know, like, you kind of have to piece together what you can, but realistically you want the same five out there, you know, and getting, like, co coherent and getting used to each other and having the same calls and everything. But, uh Whatever they say, I think it's important for whoever does have to go out there to step up and do their best. And, you know, um, I think we've done a good job with that. Although the run game hasn't been good, I think the majority of the protection and communication and the assignments that we have have been well, have, have been well executed. So. Where do you think some of the run game struggles have come from then? Um, I think we've been down in a couple games. Um, I think we start slow and that kind of, that doesn't, um, promise anything in the run game. Um, I was saying that you need like those three to five yard consistent runs that will eventually pop and hit, you know, 10 to 20 to 30 yards. Um, you try to keep wearing down the defense in the run game. And if you don't have an opportunity to, you know, hit those short runs um, and you have to turn to the pass, then, you know, once you start passing the ball all the time, then you can't go back to it. So I think the situations have been have been bad. And, uh, I mean, we've just been putting ourselves in those. So we need to start faster and um, stick with the run game, and I think it'll start popping more. So I co-host with Leon Searcy, former all-pro right tackle here, and he said when he was you know, playing in the NFL, you would go to the offensive coordinator, go to the OC, go to the quarterback and say, hey, maybe a little more run, a little more run plays. I mean, is that something you do in 2023 or – uh, I think that's a, I think that's something every offensive lineman does. You know, I don't think there's a lot of O linemen out there that'd rather pass block than run block. The D line gets paid a lot of money to beat us in, in pass protection. So, uh, um, yeah, I think a lot of people. I, th I think we do a little bit of that, but realistically, the offensive coordinator and whoever calls the plays are gonna call what they want, and uh, I'm sure a little, um, little. Uh, vocal encouragement from us isn't going to do anything. So, when it comes to the Bucks, have you did you face them when you were in Minnesota? Yep, first game of the season. That defensive front, uh, where is the strength in your opinion? Um, you know, Vita Vey is a big guy on the inside. Um, he's a run blocker, but their edge is their edge is very talented. Their edge uh, defenders and their linebackers are also very talented. Um, so realistically, they're just a good defense all around. Um, we're just going to have to be on our P's and Q's, and, you know, they're going to have a blitz dialed up for us. We're just going to have to, you know, capitalize on it and do what we can do and hopefully start the run game. No, it's not great to be traveling on Christmas Eve, but any plans for the holiday? Are you getting the whole family down here to Florida? Or? Uh, my dad's coming down. My grandparents live just <laughs> south of here. so. Um, but 
you'd rather travel on Christmas. You'd rather play on Christmas Eve than Christmas, realistically. Um, I played on Christmas two years ago, or three years ago in COVID against the Saints, and Alva Kamara broke the rushing touchdown record. <laughs> uh, so it could always be worse. But, no, it'll be fun. It'll be nice to have the family down here for Christmas. Awesome. Ezra, <laughs> thanks so much. <laughs> Thank you. Fantastic. All right, appreciate Mia O'Brien's time. Hopefully yeah. she's having a great Christmas celebration with her family, and uh, we'll uh, we'll look forward to seeing her back here next week. Great transaction by Belky. That was. Him. Yeah. Sixth round? Yeah. 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 Dude. Yeah, very, great. very low risk yep. there. And, uh, and somebody who I think is going to be in their future plans. I think so, he should be. Ezra Cleveland, yeah. yeah. So we were talking, uh, Trevor Lawrence. We, yeah. we've, he's obviously we brought him up multiple times throughout the show. But Tom, what are you seeing? Give us a final thought yeah. on what you need to see out of Trevor and how he can be improved today. Well, I think all all the entire team, but he, the entire offense needs to be more consistent, right? We see Trevor's got all the talent in the world. I mean, he does. He's got everything, and then he makes special throws. We see it all the time. But he's he's got to be more consistent. Uh, and so does everybody else. The wide receiver's got to be consistent, being in the right place at the right time. And he, his his ball placement's got to be more consistent. Some of his completions sometimes are not in the right spot. His receivers are just making a good catch. Some of his throws are absolutely incredible. The one to Zay Jones, uh, for, for instance, just an incredible throw, perfect spot, perfect placement, and whatnot. So, I look, part of it is play calling. Get him into rhythm. And, Trev, I, I hope the head doesn't screw you up where you don't want to take off and run. But like we were talking during the break, forget about, you know, trying to shake somebody down or running them over. Get your yards. Get down. Live another down. Right? And that's what we want to see out of him. So I want to see a rhythm out of him. A lot of that's with play calling. And then, look, it's him putting it, you know, try to, try to trust him early. That's why I said one of my keys. He can't get hit early. It's like that fighter that gets knocked out. You know, he might be all gung-ho in the beginning, and then he gets whacked. Next thing you know, it's like he turns in the noodle. You know, nothing's going to happen. So Who wins today? I got Jags winning, man. I, I Listen, it's time to step up and take charge of this season. I think the cousin wins it for him with a field goal. 24-21 Jaguars. Let's go. Love it. Casey, who wins? I got a similar 27-24 field goal victory. Go Jags. Go Jags. All right. I've got it a little lower scoring, but I'm going to go with the Jaguars, too. Come on. It's Christmas. Yes. 17-16. McManus with a walk-off. Yes. 49-yard field goal at the horn. Jaguars win. Jaguars win. That's going to do it. Thank you for listening to the kickoff show. Uh, Have a very Merry Christmas. Be safe. Have a wonderful celebration with your family. We will look forward to seeing you guys next week. For Tom McManus, Casey Dobson, thanks to Frank Frangie, Rick Stroud for joining us. I'm Hayes Carline. Stay tuned. Jaguars football up next with the Public's Tailgate Show. Of a white Christmas, just like the one.